Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, a Tales from the Crypt retrospective brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 7, Dead Right. Thank you, Dale. I feel like that's a ritual now. Always start with a Dale Cryptkeeper laugh. I love right, it. yeah. Because I'm just so dumb and confident in myself, like I'm somebody. It's like, like I think I can mimic his voice so well. It's like jumping off like a little like a little cliff, you know? You just got to do it. it. You got to commit. Because if you hesitate, yeah. you're going to stumble and fall. Like a little embarrassing face, cliff. You know? Like a little embarrassing cliff. <laughs> All right, we're back. Cryptkeeper's coffin. You thought we were dead, but no, I just forgot to watch the episode. <laughs> so right, that happens. No episode last week, but we're back, baby. Episode seven. This is the first uh, part of season two. So we're moving up to 1990. Mm. So HBO was like, you know what? I think we like this show. People seem to watch this show. They like it. Let's keep it going. So uh, so they bring us uh, this tale, Dead Right, to start things off, starring the lovely Demi Moore and the ugly Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> and um, oh, I'm not going to be able to say her name, Natalia Nogolic as Madame Vorna. What else was she in? She seemed very familiar to me, Dale. Um, really? I feel like I've seen her before. Oh, Oh dear God! Is she Clark's husband, um, Clark's boss's wife in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Uh, Clark's is it? Is that it says Mrs. Shirley? Who? Says she plays Mrs. Shirley. That's the only person she kind of looks like. You know, you, you uh, know, um, Brian Doyle Murray. He's he plays his boss. He gets kidnapped yeah. at the end, and his wife shows up. He's like the she's like the glitzy. You know, she's and the wife room. like dimes him out for. Sign him up for the Jelly of the Month Club. Yeah, or something. She, yeah. She yells at him for cutting the his employees' bonuses. Wow. And the one guy, the bartender. Oh, that guy! I almost said, "Hey, it's Larry Drake," but it's not. It's right. <laughs> it's another guy who's in like a billion movies. Yeah, he's super super famous character actor. Uh, what's his name? Troy Evans. Troy Evans. Famously, I know there's there's something that. Uh, I particularly love him in probably because I've watched the watched the movie a thousand times. So I'm looking now, and of course I just can't. Oh, you know what? ER. Wow. That's something like Melissa and I um, marathoned ER. I think last year, or the year before, and he's in a lot of those episodes. Really? Yeah, he had like a regular. I think in the early seasons. Oh my god, he was. He was Detective Roger Predactor in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's how I know him. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's great. You, you look him up. You, you'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy a right. billion times, and he's awesome. And he was murdered when he found Captain Winky. 
All right, Dale, let's get into it. Yeah. So dead right. It's basically this. We got another New York story. I think it's New York. They don't really say. But I think this is set in the 60s or 50s. I feel like they set this at the time of the comic was probably set, which I was like, oh, that's that's new. Like they don't normally it, do that. Yeah, it's new. And it was like, let's just put a couple old timey cars on the set. And otherwise, <laughs> yeah. everything is timeless. Yeah. And the it same. wasn't like they didn't try very hard, but yeah, because I, I didn't know at first. And then I was like, oh, wait, oh, the things I do do kind of look older. Okay. Okay. But yeah, otherwise it just felt like 1990. A working girl, Kathy, she gets an upper butt to go see a, a, a what are they called? A like, fortune um, teller. Yeah. A medium. Um, Madame Vorna. She goes on her lunch break and she's like, she's not into it. She's like, whatever. I'm just doing this as a lark. I'm bored. Are you Madame Vorna? Well, uh, I heard you could tell the future. She heard correctly, didn't she, Trotsky? <laughs> Well, I, I don't believe in this stuff, but I thought if it didn't go over my lunch hour, you know, what the hell? Yes, darling, what the hell? But Madame Vorna says she's going to lose her job that very day. But before the end of the day, she'll get a new job. And um, she calls BS. She kind of like walks out of there. Oh, yeah. with a, she's got she's got the worst attitude of any oh, person yeah. I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. She kind of, Demi has, she has a great voice, Dale. It's like that raspy kind of smoky voice. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. And she kind of did a very slight New York accent. Like it, it only came out in a few scenes where it was like over-exaggerated, but I thought she did a good job of making it very subtle. Uh, you know, at least compared to like a, a Leah Thompson, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I agree. Concur. So yeah, she loses, She it's, it's, so she goes back to her office, but she's like been on lunch for an hour and a half and her boss, the guy from Terminator 2, who was uh, Linda Hamilton's doctor who kept her in the, <laughs> The mental institution, that creep. That's right. He licked the side of her face. <laughs> Actually, he's in God. Terminator 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah. He licks her face. Oh, yeah. God. I hate him. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was in 1. That's yeah. Right. He's Man, in, there's like, so the, many uh, people in this, this series. God. I know. I know. It's too distracting. It's too distracting. I know. It's like summer stock for <laughs> I know. when ac- actors and actresses go and do summer stock. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt is there somewhere. Summer stock. So, yeah, so she she went for a long lunch, and this guy fires her on the spot. And right afterwards, walking down the street, mm-hmm. we we witness Troy Evans firing one of his waitress at the uh, the booby bar he works, he runs, I guess. <laughs> and he, he just sees Demi walking by. He's like, hey, you, you need a job? And she's like, yeah, I guess I wow. do. And uh, she got a job. I mean, she could have been a congresswoman. She could have been anybody. Yeah. And he just literally just offered her the job immediately. I know. The daytime shift, admittedly, I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's how you know this bar. is like the 50s or 60s, because like, that's not happening in 1990, I feel like. You can't. Yeah. That's... Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, you're you're having business luncheons there, marketing, yeah. like, meetings are formed. This is when <laughs> companies are spending Googles of money on their client, yeah. you know, before, yeah. like, uh laws were passed to uh, prevent this sort of thing sure. from happening um so so this gets uh old demi thinking like holy crap that madame vorna she's a real deal mm-hmm. she goes back for more and miss vorna tells her she's gonna marry someone very soon that guy's gonna inherit a shitload of money and he's gonna die a violent death now demi they paint her a pretty broad brush of she's she wants to marry a rich guy. That's all she w- yeah. wants out of life. You know, that's she doesn't want to be a working girl. 
She wants to marry a rich guy, buy nice things, wear expensive clothes, travel the world. That's what she's onto. She makes no bones about it. Yeah. So she's like, great. She's hyped. And uh, so this is how we're introduced to uh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character, Charlie Marno. <laughs> tell me about Charlie Marno, Dale. Ow, look at this guy who just walked in. Jesus, is he huge? Which guy? Which guy? How can you miss him? He's so big, he probably has his own zip code. Oh, you mean a full-size guy? Not your type, huh? I don't even think he's my species. But he's one of our best and brightest, so bite your tongue and go to work. We take care of our customers, sweetheart. Okay, Al. Oh, Chuck, Charlie Marno is... So, Madame Verna says, you know, you're going to meet a man. And the thing is, as soon as Demi meets Charlie Marno, she knows that this lying Madame Verna is, is on to something, but he is, I mean, he is grotesque in every way. He's yeah. Jeffrey Tambor in the biggest fat suit you've ever seen. <laughs> and they just, they go out of their way to make him look like not a nice looking man. No. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. And Demi is physically, audibly <laughs> repulsed by the man and she lets it be known. Like, she treats him like dirt because oh. of his looks and appearance. I thought I was and, watching, like, a Three Stooges routine or, like, Abbott and yeah. Costello. The way she would <laughs> insult him to his face, it was great. It was yeah. hilarious. And it was doubly, doubly so because this was her one ticket to money. Yeah. Because she knew. And so, I what I found interesting in this episode was... Uh, and you know the tales from the crypt twisty ending they don't make any of these the two of these characters quite likable i mean because no. charlie marno is the most aggressive and gross he's he's just not likably yeah. so i was ready to feel bad for him because of how like she just like laid into this guy the minute she sets eyes on him she's like oh look at this disgusting guy he's so huge yeah. and i was like man that's pretty harsh Especially when you know he's going to be used. Yeah, but but then when they when they meet, he like grabs her by the wrist and is like professing his love and like saying he's like the kind of guy who doesn't take no for an answer. And I was like, oh fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, there's something between us. Can't yeah. you feel it? And yeah. and literally, he's the only one that feels it. Oh yeah. I mean, they 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 do nothing. Zero to make chemistry. the audience feel it. Yeah. Demi certainly doesn't feel it, mm -mm. but she is so tempted by that money. Yeah. And it does take her a bit to get used to the idea. She certainly doesn't want to do it <laughs> at first. Oh, yeah. She absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <she's, laughs> How she about. Is, uh, yeah. And, but she finally, this, this was probably the, the funniest scene that she finally agreed to go out with them and they do this like date montage. And it's just, it's just funny. They're like dancing and she's just like, uh, and he's like stepping on her feet and she's like screaming in pain. <laughs> and he says like, I'm, people say I'm light on my feet. She's like, I wish you were light on mine. <laughs> this, this is like, it. it's like, a, it's almost like, what's that guy? The, the king of one liners guy from, you know, casino. It's like Don Rickles wrote this episode. It's like they told <laughs> yeah, Demi yeah. Moore to play Don Rickles. You moved me, baby. Get serious. Allied man lines couldn't move you. <laughs> it's okay. Let's make a joke. I know I'm uh, 
I'm a little overweight. A little overweight. Yeah, and Hitler's a little anti-Semitic. Eisenhower's a little bald. And the Pope's a little Catholic. That's, I feel like <laughs> right. that was the direction she got. <laughs> oh my God, that is a great comparison because, I mean, and not so subtly, all she does is fire out stinging one-liners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Stinging. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So, so the, after this date montage, Charlie Marno walks her back to her apartment and he's like trying to get a kiss and he's like, he's like sliming around the door, but she finally shuts it in his face and goes inside. Like the, the camera pans to show her, uh, her little kitchenette there. And she just pukes into the sink because <laughs> she's so re- repulsed by his presence and like that she <laughs> was yeah. on a date with this guy. Oh man. Uh, but of course she's going to stick with it, you know, yeah. she's just all tempted by the almighty dollar and Madame Verna promised. Yeah. She even, uh, and he even tells yeah. her, he even yeah. tells her he doesn't have money. Maybe, no, maybe he's got an uncle. He says that has money, but he doesn't really associate with them. Yeah. He's got like some uncle that owns a factory out West or something. So, yeah. but in her head, she was like, oh, that's it. He is rich. He his his uncle's rich, and he's gonna. That's his uncle will die or something, and he has no family, and he'll get the money. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they go through it. They get hitched. Uh, and they don't. They uh they skip right to. Ugh, it's painful. The uh the honeymoon night. <laughs> like, oh yeah, man. Ugh. That's nah, he's like something. Charlie's laying in bed, and he's got like a an old record player right next to the bed and he's like playing romantic music and he's calling to her and she's in the bathroom and she's like, start without me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, Disturbing. God. It's, it's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, I guess people could, I guess that would happen. Like I was trying to put my, my feet in Charlie Marno's shoes. Like would I be so far up my own butt that I couldn't see that this girl <laughs> who I want to marry so yeah. bad is just repulsed by me. Just like, how do you just like continue on the pursuit? And I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, and I absolutely you're, yeah, it's like, because everything is happening on screen. The audience is just, they can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, Charlie is so blind to it because yeah. it's, it's like unlikably so. It's you know, it's just like you don't take pity, but she's also like not hiding the fact that yeah. she is repulsed and hates him. Maybe he's just like because he's been Charlie Marno his whole life, like that's how everyone treats him. <laughs> so he doesn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the right. opposite of like the the handsome face, like the the handsome zone, like yeah. everyone just cr- treats him like crap and he thinks that's normal you know that's normal for him <laughs> so yeah things go bad you know mm-hmm. this rich uncle thing's not panning out she finds out he has a family this uncle so of course she's like oh his family's gonna in- inherit the money uh, this, this this is crazy oh, yeah. Right. so she gets pissed and uh yeah i think she goes and she keeps revisiting madame vorna a bunch of times and She's just like, yeah, look, it's going to happen. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. He's going to inherit money and he's going to die a violent death. <laughs> I love Madame Vorna. I love this shit. 
Oh <laughs> yeah, man. She's. I like how she like constantly th- included her dog in the conversation. Trotsky. She Tr- named her dog Trotsky. Isn't Trotsky. that right, Trotsky? Trotsky. And that cute little dog would be like looking up and tuning, <sighs> you know, like perking up and and including themselves in yeah. the conversation it was beautiful. And I loved her like little apartment with all her like like ingredients for like and like I don't know she's like making like potions and stuff. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But she's got all these jars of like weird herbs and things and like just yellow ready to be fur. like ground up in a mortar. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. And she's always yeah. just like watching TV, waiting. Yeah. I mean, so I guess she you know, when you drive by the side of the road and you see um, a fortune teller, it's like usually in their house and there's a yeah. neon sign, but they're they're usually like just open 24 hours a day, I guess, because they need to be. Yeah, it's it's like it's like you're fishing, I guess, because it's like not, you know, it's not something that every like people go to, like it's not the corner store, but right. if you're always open and you're always there as people drive by every once in a while, someone go, huh, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll yeah. pop in there. Yeah, so that's why she's, you know, got her robes on half the time. She's, you know, she's <laughs> yeah. not like going to an office and working the banker's hours. She's nah. just there when she when somebody happens to stroll by. Yeah. Living the life. The life. Living the life. Thick, thick Russian accent on this woman too. It's it's very pleasurable to listen to. And the crypt keep, oh, yeah. our crypt keeper does a version of it in the um opening and closing, which is pretty <laughs> funny. So things take a, a weird turn. Our girl Kathy she frequents an automat. Dale, do you know what an automat is? I do know what an automat is. I don't I don't think they don't exist anymore, right? No, they don't. I think they exist uh in terms of TV shows set in the 60s in New York. And I think they exist um you know like one or two might exist in an ironic kind of way like Oh yeah. Uh, an automat that sells like gourmet kind of you know, farm to table food or, you know, not so, something sure. like that, like, uh, in a, in a spectacly kind of way, not a, as a, a mass produced kind of. Yeah. I'm guessing um, like auto- the invention of like vending machines and like packaged like food and snacks sort of. Yeah. Kind of put the automat on its, on its last legs. Yeah. I don't know. But I would love to know. I think, I mean, I think it's just a cool concept, right? It it's, is cool. Yeah. We had, my mom worked at a Boscov's when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they have this anymore. But like uh, Boscov's is a, it's like an old, t- it's like a old school um, department store, and this one had a restaurant in it called the Greenery. But it was like you didn't, you didn't like, it, they didn't have like waiters and stuff. You just like went up with your tray and said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I want a burger and fries," and they like, kind of like they had stuff going, so they just like gave it to you real quick. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like the automat feeling. Like yeah. the automat, it's like, it's just like a, a, like a wall of like little doors and you like right. you know, you pull out a piece of pie <laughs> out of this door and yeah. stuff like that. Um, my, uh, my local Kmart had one of those, oh, um, yeah. like a cafeteria type deal, not the automat totally, yeah. but I can remember there being like slices of pie behind a cabinet and stuff like that. And, oh uh, man. And then I remember I was obsessed. I always wanted to eat in there. It was probably just like garbage. I ate in there <laughs> maybe once or twice. My mom treated me and took yeah. me in there. And then I remember they took that out and put a little Caesars in there inside oh. the Kmart. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it wasn't the little Caesars you see today. And this was inside the Kmart. And then at, for a while, that little Caesars went away and they like walled up or they used it for department store stuff. And then, you know, there wasn't a little Caesars in my area for 
15 or 20 years. And mm. then I haven't seen recently. Little Caesars in God knows how long. Like, yeah. Probably since I was like 16. She, she frequents this automat. <laughs> Super wide. Uh. She's like, she's, she goes into the automat and all of a sudden this guy comes up to her and there's surrounded by press and very excited people. And he's like, Guess what, Kathy? You're the Automat's millionth customer. I'm writing your name on this check here, Mrs. Kathy Marno. The Hudson Automat chain takes great pleasure in presenting you, our one millionth customer, oh. with a check for one million dollars. <laughs> Kathy, hey, 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 it's a thrill to be rich. <laughs> You're married. What's your husband going to say about this cool million? I can't wait to get home and tell him all about it. Yeah. And you just won a million dollars. And he writes her a check on the spot. Uh, yeah, life-changing. Yeah, that's that's hardcore. I mean, that's yeah. a, like a million-dollar prize. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And they Automat. just handy the check. Like yeah. right there. No, nothing to sign. No like hoops to jump through. <laughs> no liabilities. Right. Yeah. So she's like, she's like, oh my God, I'm set. I got to dump this Charlie Marno toot sweet because I yeah. got my money and I don't need this slob anymore. So she go, she like, she goes on a mini shopping spree. She's got like new clothes and, you know, hat bags and, I mean, hat boxes and clothing but bags and stuff. Goes home to give it to Charlie to stick it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, see, I was a little confused because this is if this is set in like the fifties or sixties, like I think legally that would be Charlie's money because they're married. Because this is like in the time that, when like wives were still like considered their husbands like chattel or whatever, you know, and like, yeah. you, the wife couldn't like open up a credit card account and or like a checking account like in her own name. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's probably actually why the only reason why it was set at the time it was, because I think anybody, anybody watching the episode now would be like, that is not how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, so, so Kathy says, you know, I'm leaving you, you disgusting pig, you're disgusting, yeah. and I'm out, and uh, I want a million dollars, it's mine, you piss off yeah and charlie so the reason why he was never likable to begin with is charlie violently starts stabbing her oh yeah and murders her Mm -hmm. and um then he is caught yeah but technically the moment she died i guess in 1950 he inherited her money yeah even though he murdered her yeah yeah and then it cuts to i would imagine maybe the set from the first episode of Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was actually wondering if we'd see William Sadler there. I know. That would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, electric chair set from uh, season one, episode one. And uh, he gets fried. And that's it. He dies a violent death, I guess. She and was someone, right, madam. And, and we end up yeah. with Madame Varno again. She's like, she's watching it on the news and she's just smiling to herself. And then uh, it ends with another, another yeah. young girl walking into her office to get some... Uh, some some fortune told <laughs> some life advice <laughs> yeah and there's a there's one instance where there is either a voiceover or somebody's like telling the narration that he inherited her money maybe it was like sitting Charlie Marnie was already in the chair yeah and before they threw the switch but somehow it's communicated that 
he inherited her money, but now he's going to die or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was actually like, I was overthinking this episode. Like, like halfway through, I was like, oh, Charlie and the fortune teller are totally in cahoots. And like, he like paid her to like get some beautiful girl to fall in oh, love with him wow. or like marry him. Like, that's what, where I thought it was going. Like, I thought Madame Varna, Vorna was like in on the whole thing. But no, she's just a straight Damn. up fortune teller. She, yeah, was just she was just telling the future. It's fine. She was just telling the future, you know, in her monkey paw kind of way. Yeah. She told it, She told what happened. You got to wonder if like she it. left some details out. Yeah. Just yeah. for fun. The way she was smirking at the TV and uh, yeah. Trotsky sitting there <laughs> next to her. Trotsky knew. Trotsky knew. He probably, oh, yeah. She probably told him as soon as she, Kathy walked out of the door. Totally. Totally. Trotsky, I didn't tell her the other part of yeah. this. <laughs> I didn't say that she was going to get stabbed to death. By her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what an episode it was a pretty good episode i i, I liked it i lo- demi moore is great i mean this is exciting because it again they're they're still bringing the stars in so i'm excited to see who else pops up yeah yeah it was it was a good episode demi really for she did a good job at being hateful yeah and yeah, gross yeah. yeah um she definitely did this like when she wasn't on set for nothing but trouble because her hair was exactly the same. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, That's it funny. was like, I mean, it was the same time frame. Nothing but yeah. trouble was, I think, 91 or, or like ghost. Like that, but... It's, yeah, she's got that short haircut, which she was yeah. famous for at that time. So, yeah, so it, it was, it was a okay episode. I mean, yeah. Jeffrey Tambor, I guess, acted his butt off because I was not expecting Jeffrey Tambor in a big fat suit. No time for sure. And that did not look comfortable. Like so, he had a he had a fat suit on, but also like he had prosthetics on his like the lower half of his face, like from his nose down. Like they gave him this big bumpy nose and like yeah, disgusting teeth and like big jowls and stuff. Um, they really like worked on him. <laughs> disgusting hairline. Yeah, they yeah. really did. Yeah, it was gross. I'm uh wow, interesting. Uh, episode we got next uh, titled the switch chuck season two episode two the director my friend yeah late on arnold schwarzenegger what (laughs) excuse me (laughs) i tell you not lies no i had no idea he'd like directed anything that's exciting really bittersweetly Starring in this episode is one Kelly Preston, who actually passed <gasps> away just today. Oh, so that's R.I.P. Wow. Terribly ironic. Oh, my gosh. Um, also on the episode, William Hickey. Oh, oh, William Hickey. Again, from Christmas Vacation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uncle, uh, what's his name? Uncle our, shared, our shared uh, love <laughs> of the movie My Blue Heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're under arrest. <laughs> What's the line in the in the freezer aisle that, he, that Steve Martin says? It's <laughs> my favorite line. It's like you shouldn't be in this freezer aisle. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna why? melt all this food, <laughs> <laughs> or no, all this stuff. He says. You're gonna if you've never seen My Blue Heaven, and you want to see Steve Martin acting like maybe Andrew Dice Clay, kind of. <laughs> It's it's worth watching just for his performance. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. And jet <laughs> it's black beautiful, hair. Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> it's like uh, comb straight up. Yeah. <laughs> also, Rick Rossovich, who has been on a lot of stuff, but I couldn't tell you who it is specifically. He was in Top Gun. <gasps> oh, dude, he's the guy in Terminator. He's like um, oh, he's Linda Hamilton's roommate's boyfriend who gets uh, killed. He's like one of the oh. first deaths, I think. Yeah. What else? Who else? Oh, yeah, Ian Abercrombie is somebody for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, join us next week for what's what's that episode again? It's called titled "The Switch." The Switch. Join us in episode eight. The Switch. Join us uh, then, kitties. Thank you very much. Ta-ta. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you next week. No, I predict the future. Next week, you'll be in the same time, same place. Same station for another hideous, hateful hall of horror. <laughs>